You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Jessica Lynn Verde. And I'm Mike Richards. And we're the hosts of Mission Log, The Orville. We look at every episode to break it down from messages, morals, and meanings. We'll be with you every step of the way from episode one to season three when it premieres on Hulu on June 2nd. You can find our show everywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can go to podcast.roddenberry.com. We'll see you in the stars. Not if I see you first. podcast is just record the moment you come in so that like we get the entrance of like trying to figure out audio and like uh-huh. see if, in case something great happens or another one is to do it awkwardly like I just did you know what I think that's really fine um I have a podcast as well but when I do my podcast it's all like very specific like I have uh like I have a whole script it says when I have to laugh or when I have to like do it's 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 terrible for everybody else who's seen my scripts, but I can't. But my 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 podcast is just solo. I don't have anybody to talk to. Gotcha. That's why I like. I want to know how it sounds and like you know whatever. So this is not the dating one. There's you no. you, you stream dateable date or dating sims stuff. Yes. Right? So this is not the um this is not the uh, on Twitch where I stream uh dating things this is just um this was uh classical adventures for one is the name of my podcast it only has one season because every season takes such a long time to prepare because it's basically like i go through one classic book and each episode is a chapter breakdown and like i read it and what i think about it and then it's it's very uh it's very heavy not heavy like i try to make it so that other people who listen to it can understand it better or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that is that is classical adventures for one. So um, it's wow. also like a audio book of sorts. Um, so the first season was Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. I'm working on second season now, which is um, uh, Agatha Christie. So it's an Agatha Christie book. It's uh, like the it's a compilation of the short stories of Hercule Poirot. So it. It's a long, I, I am taking such a long time with it that I think people have forgotten that I have classical adventures for one, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't think that matters. I think that what matters is the product that you want to be out there is out there. That, Cause like, it's not, it's not just going to be something that could be listenable to tomorrow and that's mm-hmm. it. You'll, mm-hmm. people could find this in 20 years and still appreciate the production value is what it sounds like. You know what I realized? I don't know mm-hmm. your last name. It's actually champion. So, no. Hold on. Introduce yourself. Okay. Hi, my name is Gliza Champion, and that is actually my legal name. It is my last name. And you know why it's my last name? It's because um, I'm going to tell you a story about it. Um, Let's go. When I was was a single person, and when I was like (laughs) a long, long time ago, I was like, you know what? I really like my last name. I'm not going to change it. And that's what I told every single person I dated, every boyfriend I've ever had. It's like, nah, I really like my last name. And then I met my husband, and he had the last name Champion, and I was like, damn it! 
<laughs> and then, like, after the first date, I said to him, like, look, I don't want you to freak out. I really don't want you to think that I'm thinking too far ahead. I know this is just the first date. But if we do get married, our entrance song is going to be We Are the Champions. Oh, my. And uh, we did get married, and our entrance song was We Are the Champions. So, um, legally, I am a champion. Uh, that is my legal... I don't know. even think you needed that, but... <laughs> I actually know a champion as well and had to ask him, is that actually your name? And so it, it has it French roots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like champagne, champ, but like that means that you're a mushroom probably, right? Probably. Something but like that. Apparently like when they came here, they're like, I don't want to be a mushroom. Let's just champion. We're a champion. You know? I have a similar thing that I've talked about on the podcast where our, my, Verdi, my last name is not my paternal my our actual paternal surname mm-hmm. my grandfather changed it after he was like 18 to verdi and i never felt like i liked it and i learned that it wasn't our name late in the game mm-hmm. and so i was always like like i had to i'm gonna stick to verdi as my mm-hmm. name especially professionally because it's not right. like it got changed sooner and i just didn't know what else to change it to right. but i have been anxious to find someone that i could marry that could change my name and i'd be like down to do <laughs> that so it's it's and that's also hard in and of itself too it's like ooh. Like I, I I dated an Engstrom, sort of a Jessica Engstrom. I guess that would have been okay. Well, the thing I, is, like, you can also change it to whatever you want when you get married. But that never came to me. <laughs> I op- I was open to the possibility, and it never showed up. There was like a stage name I was dicking around with, like Lily Matthews or mm-hmm. something. But I'm I'm such a Jessica. No, no. But, I mean, when you get married, you don't have to take your husband's last name. You can still change your name. That's true. So, that's, well, I guess that's in, actually in the, the ch- cheapest way to change your name. Technically, well, not cheap because wedding is whatever. But if you do like go through the whole like process of changing your name, you have to pay for uh like a name change and stuff legally, and you have to go through a couple of mm. things. But when you get married and when you get divorced, you can change your name for free. It's like you're going through all these things. You might as well be able to change your name. That's actually, so you're saying I could not take the last name, but I could just change it. You can change it to whatever you want. I love this. I didn't realize that this is a loophole and that's very fun. Yeah. Uh, Could you imagine? I'm like, honey, I'm going to be Courgette Le (laughs) That actually happened in Friends. Um, If you watched Friends, uh, Phoebe. When Phoebe got married? When Phoebe got married, instead of changing to get uh mike's last name she changed it to uh princess consuela banana hammock that's right i did not realize that that was her name i know the name i just forgot that that was the circumstance under which the name was given so do you are you of the camp that that mike was the right fit for phoebe yes because i like phoebe and mike together i'm also of the camp that um rachel and joey were better together I couldn't agree more. It's just, okay. They were just so nice to each other. Yep, and they yep. cared about each other. Yep. And Joey was a better person when Ray, when they were together. Yep. 
They only but, failed, and this is what even pissed me off even more. It only failed because of Nielsen ratings. That's it. Like, I actually thought there was some interesting growth, and it wasn't like, oh, let's just see who else we can pair off. There was a natural mm-hmm. progression They became roommates. That. They got, like, it was really nice, the flow. Like, just because they wanted to get um, Rachel and, uh, what's his name again? Ross together. Um, it was just, eh. It, I didn't know this because I was too young, but, you know, Ray, Friends is hugely influential just because right. it was the most popular TV show when I was a kid, as I'm sure the same was for you, um, to the point where, like, I have a lot of Rachel-esque tendencies in my acting, which is, I think it's, it's fine. Yeah. I, can't, I can't change I, it. I lean towards thing. Chandler, to be honest. I'm Rachel and Chandler. They say that you're two people, I'm Rachel and Chandler, on a on a good day, on a bad day, I'm Ross and Rachel. When I went to go rewatch all of the episodes as an adult, their fucking relationship is toxic as they, fuck. It really is. It's like, not even like, oh, well, it was the 90s. It was, Ross was a piece of shit. Yes. And, and he only gets worse. He does. He gets so much worse. And you know what? Um, As much as... I love friends. I do still like Ross, but like if I ever met a Ross, I would be like, no, sir. Red flag, red flag. No, you are a a bucket of red flags. You stay away from me. Like, he's like your typical nice guy. Like, I'm nice to you, and thus you should like he's like he's like an incel that does have sex. Right, right. And still you- he doesn't get better. No, you're, 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 I'm, I completely agree with you where I still love the character. And, and first of all, David Schwimmer is amazing and you can't not compliment his physical, his physicality. And really you are on this podcast to talk about whatever, but I do want to talk more about you because I use this as an excuse to get to know people that I would like to get to know. But like watching him break down over a turkey sandwich is the funniest thing on the planet. It's the funniest thing. But he's unwell. He's an unwell no, person. He needs, he needs real therapy. That's, that's. <laughs> That is hundred percent true. Ross needs therapy, and it's not so to e- not to ever date ever again. You know, like just <laughs> just be by yourself until you're ready to yes. be better. Until you can actually live with your child for like more than a, a week, then maybe like he, he like basically the kid disappears. He, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so you, uh, I've, we know each other because we've had the mm-hmm. pleasure of playing some TTRPGs, which, to be fair, has produced some of my favorite uh, connections in this world that we get to live. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said. Obviously, I'm sure you know a lot about the drama that's been going on in our world with the Satine Phoenixes. Yeah. It's, it's, we could talk about that a little bit if we want, but it's no, no, community is exempt from those mm-hmm. that people that are w- willing to take advantage of it yeah um i also have a hard time talking about things like that and for those of you that don't know there's basically like more like emotional abuse happening in the ttrpg world from right. two prominent figures right. um it's it's hard to comment on it because it's hard to say like is satine also a victim of jameson right. or you know, I also don't want to be an apologist, but a lot of the evidence that's stacking up against them is pretty bad. So my point is that you can find crappy people, but you right. can also find genuine people that just want to have a great time who all of a sudden went, oh, shit, this thing that I really like is popular. Awesome. Right, right. 
Did you know about TTRPGs before it started becoming popular? I didn't. But um, what, what's your, how, did you, how did you get into this world? So uh, to be honest, I didn't. Um, I, I got into TTRPG before it was popular. And it was, um, well, technically it was popular. Uh, it was popular a long time ago, but it was like, you know, not, not as, uh, it wasn't, it was only like a niche thing. Even now it's still a niche thing. But uh, when I was younger, I knew that I had friends that were playing a D&D, but they never really asked me. Uh, to play with them because, you know, uh, they didn't think I would enjoy it. So I would just like read the books and stuff like that. And then when I got older, it was actually um, when I met my husband that we that I started to actually play in it. In fact, like when I first uh, started playing it, I went straight from instead of like becoming a player, I went straight to DMing immediately. And I hyper focused and I finished the campaign. And then I was like, all right, I need a break for like two to three years and I didn't touch a TTRPG until like two years ago. But it's 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 one of those things that I do. Like sometimes I hyper focus and I yeah. get so tired of it that I'm like, all right, I'm done. So right now I'm kind of worried that I'm in a hyper focus because it's it's been two years. Um <laughs> but but so far it's been fun. I think um the the way I got into it was because a bunch of my friends that I played with while it was I was in Cambodia started a channel um, and they wanted me to play. So I was like, OK, cool. And then that's how I started getting into it. I basically like um, and not to downplay how important Geek and Sundry, Critical, you know, n- not to uh, whatever w- with with those guys. I just never really got into it because of them sure um and i've never really like sometimes people would say names and i was like yeah totally and then i'd be like in my head i'm like who are they and i have to like google real quickly and uh for me like the people that are really popular are the ones that are coming up right now because for me that's that's who i'm seeing that are you know getting attention and all that so um i think i think there's plenty of people that are getting into TTRPGs because it's gotten really popular. Um, And then there are others that are just like, oh, wow, this is a great revival of uh, a project. I think I'm like in the middle of that, sort of. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, because I would say you... It's when you're a creator, you are on both sides of the fence as yeah. also like an appreciator and as a, a player. It, it is it is like a, the, an active. I guess you can also be active in acting, too. Like I can also watch TV and be an actor as well. Yeah. I, and I'm going to be very honest. I was on the second wave of TTRPGs. I had played mm-hmm. it with... I had just begun to play it with friends. I think I think two things happened. I think it was coming back into consciousness as a society. I think the people mm-hmm. that always played it in the 80s held that torch for a long time mm-hmm. and and survived, you know, the witch trials and stuff yeah. like that of it all. And then pass it on to their kids. And so, like, people that I played with for the first time ever had been playing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Critical Role was happening. I had no idea. I, I, people were saying it. And people I, people were 
people I knew were playing with those people, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't care, I don't care, I don't get it. Because <laughs> one of the things I like to say, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but it, it will sound that way, Twitch is not for me. I'm a creator. I don't want to watch mm -hmm. people play. That makes sense. I can't sit there for two hours. I will go to my friend's like twitches and check in with them like hey how's everything going and then i'm out probably going to do this recording or something else like it's just it's just I, I cannot and will not ever watch an episode of critical role it just won't happen it's it's the same for me personally like i would play like for three hours i can't sit and watch for three hours like even not not even just critical role like just movies in general i am upset that it's gotten longer and longer and i'm like Bring me back to the 90s where a movie is an hour and 30 minutes. Just So for me, what I do to support my friends is just I would have it up, like different tabs and they're all muted and then I'll focus on my stuff. That way I'm supporting them. They have a watcher, they have a lurker and it's great. Um, I, I, unless it's like, unless it's very, like it's a very particular person that I really want to, you know, then maybe. So like Re and Kira, who are who are both part of our campaign on Kira's uh, A58's page, uh, mm -hmm. where we did Fractured Destiny, which will come back in season two. Yeah. They're in my chat consistently when they're around and it is the best it's the best not just because i have two viewers which you're totally right like my friend janelle and her husband annie will just have my stream up and that is two people up watching that shit you know what i mean they're, every now and then if they hear me yell their name they may come back but like yeah they're the kind of people that on five different computer screens have five different people's twitch stream like they're even yeah. more thoughtful when it comes to that than i am but when kira and Rhea are there i'm they're doing the thing that I say I can't do, but when they're there, it means so much. And when you read right, me, it right. means so much. There, it also is. It's almost like um, re-energizing. Like oh, I'm right. tired. oh, these people I know and like are still here. That's so cool. So I have to. I know that I give energy and love in different mm -hmm. ways than other people, but I also just this conversation now is making me feel guilty in a way I didn't expect no, it to. No, um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely diff different. People show different um, support. And Re and Kira, they have this way of just being there uh, in chat and all that. Um, and Rhi engaged. Is always, and engaged too. Like I have friends like that also on my on my channel when I'm online, and I'm like, it's it's two a.m. your time. What are you doing? And they're like telling me to go to sleep, and I'm like, it's two a.m. your time. Your time. <laughs> You're telling me to go to sleep. <laughs> But it's it's really fun because like you can there are people that are just like I appreciate the lurkers and I appreciate the people who are chatting with you like so much because that's how that's how you get you know the support in Twitch that's how you get the creators to like um, keep watch like that's how Twitch will you know that's how you keep coming up basically if you have more and more people there so. And it's one of the things I learned really quickly is, of course, it would be great if they're like, especially with my uh, Ripley improv, it, it would be great if we had 150,000 people like watching an episode of Heartbeats. But the 30 people that show up pretty consistently to my sh my streams, that's amazing. When I started seeing like this, I know, I know all the names and they'll come in occasionally. But like after you hit the year mark of like streaming on my own, the same people were showing up and it really was a galvanized community that fucking mattered to me mm -hmm. and kept me going whereas I'm, I don't know if I would have 
I also think like social media sort of like warps our idea of numbers. Like if you You're think so true. If you think of like 12 people consistently showing up to just watch you and hang out with you, play games, that's a lot of people. That's 12 people. I'm already that's stressed more people- to like that I can like, get to my birthday party. Exactly. <laughs> like that's more people that you that would attend like a dinner with you and you're like you're you're 12 if you have 12 friends that are consistently showing up and hanging out with you, you're pretty popular. So 12 people is pretty good. So that I think like social media is like, "Oh, I only have 12 viewers." 12 viewers is a lot. Like it's a lot. <laughs> You're 100% correct, and it does teach you, it taught me at least, to not take that for granted also, mm-hmm. you know, uh, someone devoting energy, and like, and don't get me wrong, like, and I've talked about this before, so it might be ad nauseum for my viewers, but, or listeners, but I I had done, when I said that I did the second resurgence of TTRPGs, I got to do stuff on Hyper, which mm-hmm. the guy over there was part was critical to critical role. So he, he that, got right? me. Yeah, exactly. So when I was coming up in improv, a guy named Chris Bermonte, who was at dinner with us ah. when we went, when we met at um, San Diego, mm-hmm. he is the reason half of us even know each other in this world. He was, he's one of those people, I call them conduit where he's like, zip, zip, I'm going to put you two together and I'm going to, I'm going to cast you in the show. He he had opportunities and he'll bring people onto those opportunities. Awesome. It's a it's a beautiful thing and some people have that gift and he's one of those people. And um so now I'm in the TTRPG world because he knew me from improv and and then here we go. Um but I I started Twitch streaming because of the pandemic and I was like, "You know what? This is the only, A I can keep busy this way and B this is the only way I know how to help people." on a different level than just tweeting, hey guys, this sucks, right? So I'm I I'm not discounting the service I provide by giving people a place to hang, but it doesn't mean anything if they're not there. Right. And it is it's it's a really humbling exchange of energy and mm-hmm. and care that fifteen years ago Jessica would have not taken would have taken for granted, probably, or not considered it successful if it was if it was at the numbers you're totally right like we, we have this idea of like oh if i don't have a ten thousand followers what am i doing right right it's just not the fucking case and i'm done with that rat race anyway yeah. i just i just am um so one of the things i want to talk about so badly is the dating sim world that you love yes are you familiar with the dating sim game on from e-bombs world um you have told me about it Did I? Okay. I have not i have not seen it yet but it is a thing that you've shared i have not played it though well have you uh, yeah sim girl is what it's called it is so good bad that's the best kind of dating sim and it was like the guiltiest pleasure for me because like i didn't want anyone to know that i was doing this in hopes of seeing <laughs> boobs <laughs> you know what i mean but i would drown hours into this and and in order to like get cool points you had to swim in order to get to it was unbelievable and i and then i did and then i learned that there's a whole world of this stuff mm-hmm. i was i was just the right kind of young that didn't know i could buy games 
right <laughs> and actually they, get real sex cut scenes you know there's so much uh there's so many kinds of dating sims there's like there's mobile dating sims there's phone there's like everything Hold on. um take it take us one by one what <laughs> uh there's um there is the mobile dating sim Oh, um, oh, on your phone. Oh, mobile. Okay. I thought you sorry. said mo- mobile. And oh, I was sorry. really curious what that meant. <laughs> sorry. My pronunciation is different because I am an immigrant. I'm not from here. I love um, it. Sometimes I, love I it. just say things and people are like, what? Um, oh, I'm learning is what I'm doing. <laughs> my uh, So one time when I was in uh, Cambodia, there was this um, dating sim that was on the phone. And it was really, really, really good because basically you can go through different, different, um, different story plots and you can date different guys. But the thing is, it is, um, it's the interaction is live. Like they will text you and they will, you'll have a call with them. And sometimes these boys, they stay up till two. And my husband is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm on the phone with this, 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 this dating sim guy. Okay, leave me. And you have to reply to things. And it's just like, shut up. It is so good. (laughs) And I'm like, I finished the whole thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I, and my husband was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I am very tired because I had to like, (laughs) Like, one of the boys would only text you at, like, 2 a.m. One of the boys would only text you at 10. And, like, it was like you had to follow. Because if you don't follow the time that they text, they don't fall in love with you. Like, you might get a not great ending. And I was so obsessed in getting it right that my husband was like, you, what are you doing? You know you're married, right? And I'm like, that's not how that works. I'm actually scared that you told me about this because I think I don't, I'm not going to have a life. This is incredible. It is like they got, they get really like the, the, the dating Sims on the computer are really good, but they're not as good as the, 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 the one on your cell phones because the one on your cell phones, they take like, they're very, they're very addicting. They, they want you to keep playing and they come up with different ways that you play. Um, with the, with the games on the, um, on the computer, it's, it's just a story that you follow and stuff like that. Some of them are very creative. Um, like the Doki Doki Heart one, which is, which I just um, played a few months ago and that was fun. That was uh that was a creative one. It was tiresome. Like it was one of those things where like at a certain point when you're replaying the stuff over and over again, yeah. it's like, I got it. But but that's also part of it. The slog yeah. is part of it. It was yeah. a really it was a it was a really fun one. That was really enjoyable. Yeah. One of the things that I uh recently played that was like very different and um I don't know if I'll ever play again, but I really enjoyed it when I was playing it was uh, Sucker for Love, where you... Same. Yeah, where you date eldritch beings. And it was fun, but also, like, by the end of it, you're just like, this is very creepy. <laughs> this is, um, this is, this is terrifying. All right, let's, let's get on with it. I think it was just the right amount of camp that it didn't creep me out although some of the like face melty rip the mm. mask off no hand the picture the pictures stop like it was the, the, so 
I told this on Twitter, like words don't like I don't really see things like when I imagine stuff. I just see words basically. Oh, uh, I think there's a word for it, like and synesthesia, kind of, and fantasia or something oh. like that. Well, because basically, synesthesia is when you experience sound as color or other ways right, of yes. Right. So basically, like when somebody tells me go into your mind's eye, it's just blank. I don't see color. I don't like it's words. So whenever wow. I'm reading things or I'm listening to things, I just see words. And the, and the thing about it is that's how I can consume horror. I would read horror. I would play horror. I cannot watch it uh, completely. Like, like I cannot sit down and watch a horror movie because I would have nightmares. Like the only time I can see things in my head is if I'm dreaming. And I usually have very, very vivid oh. nightmares. Um, yikes uh and uh and that's the thing like i like people are like oh how come like i'm up to date with all of the horror tv shows i just don't watch it i wikipedia it because it's interesting to me but i can't watch it because i will have vivid nightmares that will terrify me and i won't be able to sleep but i'm i'm still part that's how i partake in horror basically <laughs> i actually didn't think about doing that until recently because I too I had there was one horrific scene that happened in a game recently and then I dreamt about it and it was unfortunate and it was a horror game everyone's like hey guys this is strong content and I can handle strong content but there was basically one scene where you had to murder a child and oh, no. for, I know because it was already possessed though and it, it, it's all questionable though it's all questionable and then I dreamt about something similar so i was like fuck that this is why i don't watch these things but like two months ago all of a sudden i was like i'm really curious what happened in midsummer i'm gonna read about it and that was a much better way to go about that exactly that's how i want that's how i watch and updated with all horror stuff because i do like it it's it's great for hor- it's it's great for like especially in TTRPG. um the the one that i'm playing right now the one that i'm currently running the games is called monster care squad and the monsters are hella creepy like if you think about it, uh, they're very, very creepy. But the thing is, with the the monsters, they're actually very caring to the humans. Like for a long time, they have good partnerships and whatever. But when you play the game, there is you have to learn to balance like uh, terrifying and wholesomeness. And reading about uh, horror stuff, what creeps people out, and still want and still wanting them to help the monsters, it's you have to know what creeps people out. So that's how I, that's how I, um, watch and consume horror. Just read about it. It's so smart. It's so smart. So mm-hmm. I'm not shocked by this. My, my guess is though, that if you weren't a straight A student, then you were just, um, like an idiot savant that just knew everything and gets everything. Is that, wait, am I right that you're a straight A student? I, I am. Uh, yeah. I, I, I had to, um, so one of the things, so like I said, I'm not uh, from the U.S. I was an I'm an immigrant, and the way uh, we didn't come from like a, a very rich family, like you know, the way I got to travel and I and I did get to travel a lot is by looking for scholarships and applying for it, and that's how Smart. that's how I got to travel. I got to go to Korea, India. Um, you know, all these countries that I loved 
because I, I I studied hard. And what is your country of origin? Is, the Philippines. The Philippines. Okay, I would have guessed, but then you're talking about Cambodia, so I don't know, yeah. and I don't <laughs> want to guess because boy, that would be really fun. Um, but so that so that means though that you had to already have a, a predilection towards being smart to know that you could get a scholarship as well. Right. Um, it it's definitely because of my mom. My mom is your typical Asian parent. Um, so we, they, she started us off like really studying when we were young and even my brother and I, we have, so we have different, like for my brother, his, his talent is memorization. Oh, wow. Like he can memorize work. Like he once memorized a whole speech, uh, in a different language and he didn't understand a word, but he memorized the whole thing. And he and knew how to pronounce it. He knew, and, he knew how to pronounce it and everything. He memorized the whole thing. And I was like, that's insane. For me, what I can do well, I think, is just picking up stuff. It, it's easier for me to pick up stuff. Um, I don't know if that still applies now. But when I was younger, it was really easy for me to pick up stuff. So that's basically like, I'm not like my brother who can like memorize shit. But like, I'm, uh, you know, I can pick up stuff quite easily. Well, the reason I ask is because I think that may be true. You, you, you probably retain a lot as well because I'm a picker-upper. If I hear something, even if it's untrue, I now know it um, usually. I would actually – I would be like a B student depending on what I was talking about, but I also never studied. And all I did was just listen to the teacher and write notes, and that stuck. But you've – you DM'd the crap out of something, and you hadn't DM'd before. You – you know, you're you're going chapter by chapter with the book, so it says to me that you deep dive into things. Am I wrong yeah. about that? Okay, I do. That's crazy, and that makes me feel insane. So, uh, what the hell? I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, the so for me, like a lot of people, um, I am a big fan of world building. I'm a big fan of lore jobs. I love um, focusing on the history like i once bought a uh a history book just for fun that kind of thing i just really like i love world building and my favorite my favorite part of like world building is the myths the gods you know like i really enjoy that's actually my uh my major uh back in college uh it was a uh, theology the study of uh religions and all that and then um you know uh it's it my master's is philosophy and education it, it's definitely like i i just really enjoy history and lore um so whenever i write things i have to think about like it's hard for me to like come up with characters that are like you know that that talk properly or like have good conversations dialogues whatever it takes me such a long time but when it comes to lore i have like so many things that I can draw from because I love reading lore. And sometimes when I bring that stuff to my friends to read for like beta reading, they're like, that's great, but there's too much world building. There's too much lore. And I'm like, oh, that's a bad thing for you. I get it now. I'm not the only one that I'm, I might be the only one that enjoys lore the way I do it. It's fine. But also, like, if I want more people to read it, I should also create characters that are relatable, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of pressure that you're putting on yourself. 
Because first of all, TTRPGs don't happen in a void, and storytelling doesn't happen in a void. You are one leg of what makes that story happen. And then, uh, like, when I learned in improv that I'm going to bring emotion, doesn't mean I'm not the only person bringing emotion to the table. It's just, I just know that that I'm going to bring that. And then someone else is going to come in and help me with the logic of it. And so if you can come in with some fucking crazy ass lore, I would just say this, like, I'm not experienced. I've yet to experience a character that's impossible to communicate with (laughs) that you've created. So you just have a lot of other stuff going on in your head. TTRPG has actually helped me come up with characters, uh, mm-hmm. personally. Because, like, whenever I pl- whenever I uh, create a character for a game, I just have one basic idea. Like, for example, uh, with my character, uh, Diwara, I was like, okay, I've never played a cleric before, and I've never played a character that's lawful good. Uh, right, I right. want to play that. Um, and... I came in and uh, TTRPG, the way it works for me is that as the story like progresses, I started building her up that way. I started, oh, this is how I think she would react. And that's how I'm, that's how I made Duwata. Duwata isn't made just in my mind, but like by what they're reacting to. And TTRPG has actually helped me make characters that are not 2D, that they're like, you know, that they have depth and they have they're interesting and you know that I care about them. Um and that's why the danger for me when I care about a character is that I will kill them because I want their story to be finished and I want that ending. You know, I want like I want to write like I want to write their whole life and just be like and that's the end. You know, that I want a com- I'm a completionist. I don't want yeah, that's my thing. I, I get it. I get it. So but in order to get to the point that I want to get to <laughs> Because there's a lot there. And and I've experienced this also twice where you're like, just kill me. Just kill my character. Um, would you say your life goal is to just be writing stories? Is that what you want? Or you're a writer? Or like, wh- like what is the culmination of all your skills? I I think I want to be a storyteller. Okay. Which um, you are doing with TTRPGs, to yeah. be fair. Uh, I don't know how, uh, whether it'll just be writing or whether... Because I'm coming up with different stuff right now. I'm actually working on my own uh, audio drama uh, that I've been working on since I was like what in college. It's called Nightmare Hunt. Um, and Nightmare Hunt is the story that my friends and I made together. But basically, it's like, what if something happened and ni- and your nightmares start coming to life? And they're Gross. basically like, your avatar basically like if you go to sleep your the nightmare comes to life and takes over you and they have superpower based on your life so it's basically like pokemon but you only have one pokemon and um it's it's a terrible person you know uh you can control that terrible person or you could let that terrible person control you so basically that's um and that's an audio drama and what i want to do with my life is to just tell stories whether it's written whether it'll be through web series or audiobooks, I think that's uh, my goal, just to yeah. tell stories. Again, sidebar to my actual question or my the, the, the Socratic method I'm using in order to get you to answer something. Um, uh, do you feel like you are accomplishing that goal? Do you feel like you are working or doing it actively? Do you feel fulfilled? I, 
I do. Um, especially with all, like, I think that's why I join all of these games that I do because it gives me practice on thinking on my feet and coming up with stories because that, as I told you back in the beginning, I'm very um, strict with myself, like with scripts and stuff. If I'm writing right. something, it has to be like perfect right. before I show anybody. But with TTRPG, you can't really do that. You can't really be like, this is how you'll react. This is, you know, the words that you practice. You have to learn to live with mistakes. You have to learn to live with the choices and you have to learn to be flexible. So right. with TTRPG, I'm learning how to be flexible and I want to keep learning how to do that so that I can create characters that are, that I don't have to be so down on myself if I make a mistake. That's what I'm trying to learn with TTRPGs. Well, and it is teaching you that actively. That is the whole reason I didn't know this until it was painful, but improv was that way for me. Mm. I needed to learn how to be okay with, you know, I would recurse a, a character and if I didn't land at the particular spot, stage left, center, I would have, I felt like I failed. I felt like that, that night I wasn't good at acting. And then improv taught me to go, ah, whatever, who gives a fuck? I don't know. And that doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. One of the best compliments, and it was hard to accept at the time someone gave me, was uh, Jessica, I want to make mistakes like you do on stage. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you, but it's a compliment because improv then lead when you make those quote unquote mistakes, it leads to stories that you didn't even know you could tell. Yeah. Crux of what I'm trying to get at is what are your favorite stories? Not ones that you've written, not ones that you've told. What are your favorite stories? My favorite story? Like if you could read it over and over and over and over and over again, what would it be? Oh. There is one book. There, okay, so there's this series of books that I've read over and over and over and over again. It's called The Queen's Thief. Um, and uh, basically, it's a series of books focusing on the thief, basically, this thief that um, basically comes from uh, this kingdom. And I love this books, this series of books. It's by Megan Whalen Turner. And it I started reading it when I was in college and it finished only a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, the whole series. It's not a lot of books, but the way the story is written, the way you read it is that the, the, the characters aren't like when you're, the reader isn't aware of how smart the character is until the end. Of the that, twist. of the book or the whole series? The book. So uh -huh. each and every time, each and every time you're, you're reading it, you're reading it from a point of view of a character that doesn't realize that this person that they're dealing with is actually one of the smartest persons that they've ever dealt with. So like the first three books, wow. you as a reader are discovering, shit, this guy is actually really smart. And then the next three books, it's other characters that are discovering that he's really ah. smart. And 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 the great thing about it is like it feels like you're you're you come from this from this series of books and then you uh from the first series of books and then you're joining uh you're basically being taken back into the uh confidence of this main character that yeah no you're wrong they're totally like you're they're totally fucking with you this whole time. You know, it you start from like being an outsider to being part of the confidant party. And huh. it's just, 
like one of it's one of my favorite books and I reread it every year because it's so good. Um this is the book that um and it's not even that popular which is kind of unfortunate uh because it's one of the best well-written books and it has magic in it. It has gods in it which really appeals to me because it's I'm, huge for you. I, I just like that. That is uh, one of the books that I cannot stop thinking about. Uh, another one is Animorphs. Aha! Animorphs, interesting. Animorphs is basically the reason I am the way that I am when it comes to characters and why I want to cause them pain. <sighs> That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, that is uh, that is, Animorphs broke me as a child. And I continue to be broken because of it. <laughs> I fucking hate that. I hate it. I hate I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, I did read Animorphs, but I think I was too young because I didn't read them all. There's who, 52 who books. You? Who hurt you? So many. All of them. All of them did. Like, Did they all die? Is that what happened? So one of them died. Um, okay. And one of them stayed a bird for the rest of their lives. Oh, Jesus. And then, and then the awful. ending... The ending is a cliffhanger where it seemed like all of them died. So um, after succeeding, um, spoilers for like a book that has a, for a series of books yes. that has decades. Um, but the thing that broke me was that, and it makes sense, right? Like even as I read it, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that this is the result of years and years of war, PTSD. These kids have PTSD. Um, Literally, one of them couldn't live without being in war and kept doing things that would cause them, and eventually they died. And the the lovers in the two stories, like they became lovers, um, uh, they, they you know they they dated, but the passion really wasn't there after the war was over because they were trauma you know, bonded. Yeah, it was it was a trauma bond, and literally like one person, like two people, were okay, like they were okay, and then they were drawn back in to this war again, to the cliffhanger, and then they all died, probably. that That's what breaks me, and that's what broke me. And Animorphs is, is, is such, like, you didn't expect that when you start reading it. You didn't expect that you would grow and see these kids become like this. And um, I'm actually rereading it right now, and every time I would set, read some foreshadowing or whatever, I would just be like, why? They were not ready. They were just children. So that's what why did they? Does. That's so fucked up. And yet they made the TV show. What were they thinking? This is awful. Oh, no. Although I got to give them credit, though, for not discounting the toll it took on teenagers to experience what they experienced. And that's not even the most fucked up of her books. I've read two other series of hers, and both of them were much, much worse. I am sorry. And I loved it. That's how I am. That's how that's the kind of person that I am now because of this. As 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 a Animorphs, yes. Um Animorphs. So uh, a funny sideways story on how I started <laughs> reading Animorphs. In my school, there was a group of people. There's there was two groups basically, people who read Goosebumps and people who read Animorphs. I don't know why, 
but there was a war between the two camps. You never crossed over. Yeah. Don't cross over. So to this point, people are like, have you read Goosebumps? I'm like, no, (laughs) I haven't read any of them because I'm an Animorphs fan. And my friends were like, I don't understand. I'm like, you have to be in our school to understand that. You either read Animorphs and stuck with it, or you read Goosebumps and stuck with it. To this day, I haven't picked up a single Goosebumps book. Well, I don't know why you would, because you're an adult. Like I don't think think you can, (laughs) because it's different. It's different than being able to go back and watch a cartoon you watched as a kid. You know what I mean? Like I watched I watched Neverending Story a few years ago, and I was like, this is fucking crap. Even though I had watched it as a kid, and I could watch it because I was enjoying it, but I won't show it to anybody that's never seen it before. I'm like, it's better. And even people who have watched it before, like, oh, it's been years. I'm like, don't watch it. It's fucking shitty. It's not good. I mean, there's good elements, obviously, and it's enjoyable, but it just doesn't hold up. And yeah. you, yeah, I got there's a there's it's, one that's the Teenage Mutants uh, movies for me. Teenage Mutant oh, movies, no, really? Up. Yeah, I love them. I will still rewatch them, but they're not good. I have not watched it since I was a kid, and I flipping loved them. It's not. I like, I, I, I loved them. They're not great. No. Oh, that is so upsetting. <laughs> but 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 at the same time, the memory of how charming they are will go on forever in my head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I will pretend that Michael Bay's don't exist, and that's fine. <laughs> you know, uh, it was Michael Bay who de- completely destroyed them, right? I believe so. Yeah, they were bad. I watched yeah. it then too, but it was like just the fucking design. Anyway, in the Queen's Thief one, did yeah. the character die as well? No. It was a happy ending, actually. Okay, okay, okay. I you was deserve ex- a little bit of happy. I um, I was actually really happy with it. Except... Animorphs is, like, one of the only books... Like, so, for the most part, I like happy... I, I love happy endings. Sure. If I'm reading them. If I'm watching them. If I'm doing the... Like, if I'm consuming the media. I love happy endings. I don't particularly enjoy sad endings. Uh, I think Animorphs broke me just enough where I'm like, all right, that's enough. That's one and done. When I'm writing, when I'm telling stories, I want it to be as dramatic and as heartbreaking as possible. And I don't know why that is. I, I probably know exactly. Should... Wait, we know <laughs> why. This, the, the, the don't... <laughs> we just extrapolated every we think you were impacted by this story and you want yeah. to impact other yeah. people in that way yeah but that's probably true i just like so i want people to remember my characters and be sad about them you it sounds like to me animorphs built a world that you that you were not only invested in but were like, like deeply moved by and yeah. so that story mechanism stuck with you i am still trying to figure out when i learned this but my friend was on my podcast two weeks ago this podcast and goes oh well, it makes so much sense jessica that every time you do improv or you do ttrpgs your characters go for romance because you don't believe it exists i'm like oh god <laughs> oh no <laughs> like because i love moulin rouge where they fall in love and then she dies i love almost famous where they don't end up together and i i love these hopeless romantic things and all my character every time I did fiasco every time I would shoot like if one character showed interest in me I would show interest in the other character to create 
an interesting, in my mind, triangle or hopeless scenario. So there's something, something fucked up happened to me that makes me think that that's how the stories have got to be. Oh, no. We just, uh, that's, that's what we do here. We change lives on this podcast. That makes sense. But it, but it does make sense. And I think that that's only a good thing to know that though. Yeah. As opposed to, I mean, first of all, it's your charm to be like, kill me, I don't care. <laughs> but it makes so much, like, you can also judge that less now, too, knowing mm-hmm. that you, because first of all, I guess what I was trying to get to, and you're a smart woman, I don't need to tell you this, but of course stories don't, people don't need to die in order for right. a story to be completed. There can be a metaphoric death, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, you can accept that, like arcs are their own things. And think about the that you're reading right now, there's 17 of them and he doesn't die at the end of the murder or whatever, yeah. but it's also not the same level of story investment that you have. I'm so fucking interested in that podcast. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I get the link so that we can put it in the liner notes. Cause I anyway, I just think everything you do is really cool. <laughs> and 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 I also wanna like sit you down and give you some cocoa and be like, it's gonna be okay. Don't 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 work today. You know what I mean? Because you do a lot of stuff as I well. Do too. A lot of stuff. But I'm I'm a I, I burnt out and you could talk to me and Lisa about burn burning out because we've done it before and we could check in with each other about that you got to burn out a couple times though before you learn how to go oh actually how much should i should i be doing do i want to be doing what do i actually want to be doing and then at the other at the other point is like sometimes i get really lazy and so i gotta i gotta monopolize when i'm feeling like i can do it all right right and does that mean i burn out sooner Maybe, but at least I got a lot done in the few weeks leading up to that. I'm not suggesting that it's a good behavioral pattern that you have here, but I can relate. And when I hear you talking, it makes me want to just hug you and help you. And and that's my, that's my cross to bear. <laughs> I want to help you so bad. Um, I'm, but what's, you're so busy that you can't even hang out and talk with me any longer. But here's the best part. We could, I'll have you come back and we'll talk about... I'm so glad you talked about Animorphs too because we did talk about Goosebumps because this is a podcast that's supposed to talk mm-hmm. about um, generational differences. And right. I believe you're a millennial. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So that would make sense that either Goosebumps or Animorphs. We didn't talk about Animorphs that much, but Goosebumps... We, were ta- we spent a whole episode talking about like books series. And like mm-hmm. in the 80s, it was the Choose Your Own Adventure book series. And like early 80s late uh, uh, late 80s early 90s was like babysitters club and i but i was a little sister's baby sister whatever whatever yeah. so animorphs was up there though so we did talk we did talk a little bit about generational we stuff did, today a little bit but you you have to go probably something for right now a little bit a little bit but mm. what what what's what what's well first of all you're are you going to be at comic con coming up I, soon I'm not going to be at Comic-Con because no. I moved. I moved. I'm here in Oregon. I'm not in San Diego anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. What? Yeah. I moved like a week and a half ago. And if I wasn't moving, I would have attended. But because I was moving, I'm here. Uh, I'm glad and- I got to meet you before you left then. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I th- it's not. It, it's definitely because I moved. Um, But 
eventually um i'm still gonna come back and visit uh california because my parents are still there well um, you've got to in debt like i think for the networking world of right. it all for ttrpgs it's, it's, comic-con is actually a huge element of that it's, it's always been helpful for me and also just fun but gen con's also a part of that so i'm just I'm going, going to gen con say, oh good for you yeah i i got a grant uh they they were giving out grants uh this year and i applied for one and they gave me one, so I got um, a free badge and cash to use for it. So that's um, why I'm, I'm going. I'm so jealous. <laughs> we'll have to figure out, though, like how to get people to pay us so we can go next year and yeah, get full sure. rides. Well, I'm excited. So people keep an eye out for Gliza at Gen Con. I'm excited <laughs> for you. If you could, like, impart one sentence or two of wisdom to our audience based on nothing, what would it be? Be kind. Hmm. Uh, I like that. It's it's something like not just to others, but to yourself. It's it's hard to be kind to yourself, but that's something that I'm trying to do all the time. Like always, it's 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 being kind is different from being nice. Uh, being nice, you can be nice and still not be kind because you're avoiding things that could help them just because you're being nice being kind is different because you actually want the person that you're talking to to improve to become better you actually care about them and if you seeing if you're seeing them doing something bad you talk to them and you tell them that hey you call them out that kind of thing but always always choose to be kind and uh and i don't i don't think you could really go wrong whenever you choose to be kind I'm going to yes and that. Good job. I love it. I love that. I, I agree. Um, well, the, people can find cla- Classical Gliza. Yeah. On, uh, you can find me at, at Classical Gliza uh, everywhere on the internet except for Instagram. I don't have Instagram. I don't know how to use Instagram. So um, You're not missing but every- anything. But everywhere else, it's at Classical Gliza. If you see an at Classical Gliza pop up anywhere, TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, that's me. Um, <gasps> But yes, uh, my podcast is uh, Classical Adventures for One dot. Uh, sorry, it's Classical Adventures for dot one because I was really, really happy when I found out that you could do dot one, and I was just like, Classical Adventures for One, it's perfect. <laughs> um, uh, so you can find that there. Um, again, it is uh, the first season is complete. Uh, you can find all of the um, the recordings there. Uh, I also hired uh, a bunch of different artists for each um, for each episode, so you can see like different artist creations based on the um, the chapter and the the topic that I've been talking to at that time. Um, it is really such a wonderful project that I've worked on um, and I would love more people to read, to listen to it. Um, easy peasy. Because it's, 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 it's uh, something that I'm really proud of. Um, and season two will come out. It's, it's on its way. Just working on it. <laughs> Eventually. Not at- we needed a break and season <laughs> you you needed a break you you will be it will be there season 2 i i'm on my hind legs waiting for it <laughs> and you'll well, you'll let us know and we'll tweet about it for you <laughs> i'm so glad we got to do this we'll do it again soon yeah for sure okay good night good night bye bye
That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already, consider becoming a Patreon member. You can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner. Go to patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. And if you haven't already, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nichols.